Hello everyone, this is Tony Kramer, product specialist with RDO Equipment Company, and you are listening to the Agriculture Technology Podcast. Every day there are phenomenal advancements being made in the field of agriculture technology. RDO Equipment Company is a leader in agriculture equipment and precision agriculture technology and is here with industry experts bringing the latest news and information from RDO and John Deere. Thanks for joining us on the Agriculture Technology Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. This is episode number 64, and today we are going to be talking about some of the economic effects of precision agriculture. Before we get started, make sure to follow RDO Equipment Company on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and catch all of our latest videos packed full of information on YouTube. You can also follow me on Twitter at RDO Tony K. As you may know, there are a lot of different ways to listen to this podcast. We are streaming this out on our website, it's on SoundCloud, and you can also get it on many mobile podcasting apps. Most of you are listening on Apple's podcasting app, and you may have noticed that they recently updated the app. It's now easier than ever to leave us a review. If you click on our show in the app and scroll down to the bottom, there's a write a review button. We'd really like to hear from you so we can continue growing and improving the show. Reviews also help new listeners find our content. If I haven't convinced you already, pause the show, as long as you're not driving, and drop us a quick review. With that, let's get back to the show. I'm really excited to welcome David Schimmelfenig, who is a senior economist with the United States Department of Agriculture. Thanks for joining me on the show today, Dave. To get started, I'd really like to hear more about you and your background and really how you got involved in this industry. Thank you, Tony. It's a pleasure for me to be here talking with you today. I have studied agricultural productivity for the U.S. Department of Agriculture and the impacts of research and development for the past 25 years. And the precision agriculture topic came up as one that was growing in importance. And so I wanted to dig into that and see what uh, the impacts of precision agriculture could be on agricultural productivity. I have family members that farm in Iowa and had many happy memories of talking to my corn and soybean grower family members about the challenges they faced. And my grandfather owned the local mill in, in town for over 40 years. So Uh, It was a natural transition to me to look into some of the research topics of interest to the Department of Agriculture. One thing that I found that was really useful to me was that the National Agricultural Statistics Service was working with my agency, the Economic Research Service, to develop a very detailed field-level survey that collects data on every item you can imagine that would impact farm production at the field level. The survey is uh, over 30 pages long, and there's a lot of detailed information there to try and exploit to understand current trends in technology like precision agriculture. At, At first, I thought it was going to be obvious that precision agriculture would help farmers control the application of costly inputs like fertilizer and chemicals 
even seeds and make them more efficient. But as I got into this research, I found out that individual farmers do things in such different ways, and they're even for one crop, the practices that farmers have across different fields and different parts of the country change so dramatically that there's no really good way to identify if there's an overall decrease in input use using precision agriculture. So that was that was disappointing, but it also led to the opportunity to try to answer the problem in another way. So what we did was we created an approach where we would try and understand whether precision agriculture was impacting the costs and the profits of farmers in general that use the technology. The technologies that we looked at are the ones that the survey was showing are the most popular. So those technologies uh, fall into three categories in our analysis. They're mapping technologies based on global positioning system coordinates, and those would be uh, yield maps and soil maps. The second technology that has been popular in the survey has been uh, guidance systems. These are technologies that will self-steer both tractors and combines, and farmers have been adopting these across crops at a pretty quick rate. And finally, we looked at variable rate application, which coming in, that's what I thought precision agriculture was going to be all about. But as it turns out, that that is an important technology, the variable application of seeds, fertilizer, and chemicals using different equipment. But the other technologies, mapping and guidance systems, are uh, as important to farmers uh, with respect to this these developments in precision agriculture. So what we had to do was design a way to look at how the overall impact of each of those technologies has been on both costs and profits to get a general idea of across farms in a certain crop, whether the technologies have been profitable or not. I think there's been a fair amount of interest in the fact that the technology can actually pay for itself by increasing profits by a small amount. And so it it takes a number of years to recover the cost of the additional equipment and the time spent getting it working and keeping it working, but it is profitable. I think that's a really good point that you bring up, Dave, there. A lot of people think that when they, they invest in precision agriculture components or some something along the lines of precision ag, they think that they're going to see a, a return on their investment immediately. But of course, the research that you're doing shows that it, it's a little bit at a time and over time is where you see that, that return on your investment, correct? Exactly. That's right. What we were hoping to find was if we could identify the savings in inputs, especially fertilizer and chemicals, we could maybe say something about a positive effect of precision agriculture on the environment or natural resources around in the farm. 
And what we have started to find is that the precision ag technologies are providing information which allows certain best management practices. And precision agriculture actually seems to be associated with these best management practices and increasing the stewardship of natural resources on individual farms. So we're pleased that there might be a, a way to say something about environmental type impacts, and we're going to look into that more in the future. So that's really something unique that you bring up. And you mentioned it when you first started talking about your research that every farm is different and every farm views precision agriculture in a different aspect. And then you talk about having economic effects as well as environmental effects. I'm just curious, Dave, how do you and or the USDA define precision agriculture? Well, we define it in terms of how farmers are using it. And that means that we define precision agriculture to be the GPS maps that show the information that is becoming available to farmers for them to change their management practices to do a better job of farming and guidance systems that allow them the freedom to let the tractor drive itself without so that they can spend that time when they're not staring down the row and keeping the the tractor exactly straight they can actually monitor a lot of what is going on and do a better job of making turns avoiding overlaps and and doing things to save them money and so that's how we define precision agriculture is in terms of the farmer practices that we get from the survey that that the NAS has developed with us. So you kind of already explained it there in your definition, but what are some of the practices, whether we have growers with commodity crops or we have other regions with the specialty crops? You kind of talked about it in the definition, but what practices should growers really be thinking about on their operations when it comes to precision agriculture? Well, this is a good question, and we have been a little surprised at how much all of those different practices, uh, those different technologies that we talked about as being part of precision agriculture, have been used across a wide range of crops, and the crops are grown more in one in some areas of the country than others. So it seems like it's possible to say something about where even in the country precision agriculture is being applied. So, for instance, cotton is grown more in the south of the country, uh, peanuts as well, and growers of those crops have been slow to adopt yield mapping, but they are bigger adopters of soil mapping, and they are quite heavy users of guidance systems. And then those technologies, we think, are feeding into whether farmers make the the jump to variable rate application technologies for inputs. So although corn and soybeans are at the top of the list in precision agriculture use for some of these technologies, guidance systems are actually the most popular on 
for spring wheat growers in our survey results. And so that means there's a, there's a, uh, a different part of the country is farmers there are benefiting from that, that specific precision ag technology more than any other farmers in the country. And rice and cotton and peanuts, those growers are finding useful applications of guidance systems and changing their cutoffs and avoiding uh, overlapping sprays and making accurate seeding decisions using guidance systems. So it's been surprising that all of these crops have benefited from precision agriculture and they're grown in different parts of the country. So I think we can say that different parts of the country with different crops are benefiting in different ways because of the application of different technologies. But precision agriculture as a whole is something that farmers that are involved in corn, rice, cotton, soybeans, peanuts, and spring wheat have all benefited to some extent in the use of these precision technologies. So you've obviously done a tremendous amount of research within precision agriculture, and you guys there at the USDA, you probably have kind of some some future outlooks. What does the future of precision agriculture look like, in your professional opinion? Well, we're looking at the survey for that, and we're saying a lot of people are talking about uh, drones and certain kinds of data collection methods. And we're not seeing, farmers are not reporting the use of drones as much as they are, it seems, being discussed. But on the other hand, farmers do seem to be quite interested in different kinds of sensor technologies that can be sent to collection points, perhaps even in their fields where that data can be beamed to the cloud, and uh, the cloud being the sort of place where Netflix movies and a lot of things come from, farmers can use um, this general computer storage areas for the collection of data from sensors. I think there's a real possibility that recommendations can come back to them in, in short and shorter times on what that data that's being collected by the sensors they have in their field is saying to them about what their practices should be. The obvious one that's been done for a long time is irrigation and whether a field is dry enough to require irrigation. And there's certain high-value crops that, that irrigate anyway. But I think that irrigation is, is just the beginning, and I think that sensors are going to be able to help identify when plants are short of certain nutrients, that uh, the cloud can help with this increased volume of data. And then that cloud-based storage of a larger set of data can be shared with the farmer's input providers or custom service providers or even their trusted advisor networks, their pest and nutrient consultants and perhaps USDA extension personnel to make good decisions about uh, their farming practices and increasing their output. 
So with the many years of of research you've been doing, Dave, with the USDA, you've got to have a great success story out there about something you guys have collected or conclusions that you guys have made. Can you share a success story with our listeners? Well, I've sort of mentioned them. I think that we're proud that we were able to work around our problems with identifying specific savings on inputs and how that got confused with whether increasing inputs was actually increasing yields and precision agriculture wasn't just a straightforward way to save inputs. We got around that by finding ways of measuring profits differently that either included all of the fixed costs, uh, machinery costs, or, or just in terms of the variable input costs, and we have produced rigorous estimates of the overall impact of the technologies on profit. That's something that that we are really happy about. And the other thing is uh, linking these back to environmental or best management practices, natural stewardship type of issues, so that we have a clearer picture now that not only is the information that farmers get helping them increase their productivity, but it's also helping them manage the natural resources on their farm so that the farming productivity can continue in the future and their investment in their land will provide returns for generations to come and that erosion will not be a major factor that is causing them to lose productivity in their land. All of this study and everything that you guys have been doing through USDA, Dave, obviously shows that precision agriculture is on such a larger scope than just a standard auto track system or an auto guidance system. We always hear the coffee shop talk and what growers have to talk about. It's really awesome to hear what's actually going on in the Department of Agriculture study and research and everything that you guys are doing. So I just want to thank you, Dave, for sitting down with me and sharing some of your, your research and your findings with our listeners. Yeah, we, we think of it the other way. We, we are here to give you the information, and so I'm really happy that you called and wanted to talk about it because we're proud of what we're, we're trying to show, and we want as many people as possible to, to know what things we're finding from this public survey that takes so much effort, both on the part of the National Agricultural Statistics Service, but we're, we're getting great help from the farmers that are willing to spend the time and effort that it takes to really uh, accurately answer this large survey so that we can answer questions like this. This podcast was produced and edited by Nate Dorsey. Visit rdoequipment.com slash podcast to listen to new episodes and catch up on any that you've missed. You can also listen and subscribe to our podcast on Apple and Android devices so that you'll never miss out on the latest news and technology from RDO Equipment and John Deere. If you really like this podcast, please share it on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, or any of the other social media platforms that you are using. You can also connect with me on Twitter at RDO Tony K. That's at R D O. 
T-O-N-Y-K, where you can tweet me questions, episode feedback, or ideas for future topics to cover. Please join us next time on the Agriculture Technology Podcast.